Hello and welcome to the MCA Podcast, your fix for everything innovative in advertising production. I'm Pat Murphy and I've been working in this industry for more than 35 years. I've seen a lot of changes, but know there's plenty more around the corner. Every couple of weeks on the podcast, you'll get to hear from one of the movers and shakers who are shaping the world of production for the future. And we'll dive into some of the key challenges facing our sector today and how we're best placed to overcome them. Today, you're going to meet Darren Richardson, senior partner, a global chief creative and technology officer at Vivaldi Group. Although when I recorded this, he was the global chief creative technologist at VML YNR. Darren's working at the cutting edge of creative campaigns in companies across the world for more than two decades and is an expert in emerging technologies like Deepfake and Unreal Engine and understands what metahumans might mean for your next campaign. He also admits to having shelves full of books just like me that he never reads, but there's a good reason for that. When I think of Darren, I of course think of how tech and its impact on our industry is only just beginning. How is tech going to shape advertising production in the next couple of years and how is it already changing the landscape? and which companies are ahead of the game. Welcome, Darren. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's very good to be here. It's what we called the podcast. So it's a bit of a play on words. Uh, fantastic. So let's get started uh, straight away by discussing your background. Global creative technologist. What does that mean? Um, yeah, it's, it's a good one because uh, I think that the, the global creative technologist or creative technologist has been um, a word that's been batted around for I would say around 2005, um, and then the the actual term creative technologist is, is multifaceted. So it can be like people who are more tech focused on the production side of a programming experience developer um, and producers, and it can be also on the creative side, more leaning onto and working with the programmers, etc., and then bringing stuff to light with more of a uh, creative slant, looking at a big idea and then how you could actually have a creative edge to that with technology and bring those two uh, formats together, delivering a non-traditional format. Is this just an excuse for, for you to just carry on playing with geeky stuff? Uh, yeah. yeah. You're like a kid, in a kid in a toy shop, aren't you, really? Uh, I am, I am. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where pe- when people ask me what my job is and I tell them, they, they say, so you don't actually do any work then, because it is actually something that I really enjoy as a, a hobby as well. Um, somebody once said to me, what books are you reading? And uh, I said, I've got a bookshelf and I've got lots of books on it. But to be perfectly honest, I don't actually read that many books. What I do is end up surfing the internet, looking for new innovations, new technologies, following decent blogs and Twitter feeds to actually see what's the next cutting edge innovation that I can potentially use creatively. So you're getting paid for your hobby, which is not a bad thing, is it? Really? Oh, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. So I've always said that as I've been growing up in this uh, industry, I've always thought, oh, my goodness, someone's going to find me out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, how does someone from a traditional creative background, which is what you are, you know, how do you keep up to date with technology? You know, and how can that help you be a better creative? Um it's funny you say that. It's probably because since we've known each other, Pat, that um, I have been like this traditional creative. Um, but I actually started my career as a programmer. Um, so I left university and I was actually programming banking software. And then it was only when, um, I don't know if people will remember, um, but it was something called Macromedia Flash hit the ground. Um, and it was yeah, a, an animation um, digital software where you could actually bring experiences to life. 
I got into that. And then I got into digital creative uh, director roles. And then I went into the more traditional. And then I learned the dark arts of, you know, film production, etc. working with the likes of 118 Amsterdam on the Adidas World Cup. Mm-hmm. And then Crispin Portobogowski, um working on uh, acts um, out there in Toronto as well. So I would say, you know, to, to answer the question, I kind of, it found me. As I said, I started off as a geek and then creativity found me and I just fell into it. I loved it. I loved what you could do by bringing these two mediums together. Not to say that I don't still love uh, doing the, the t- a TV spot, but I also like doing something that's very experimental and making new products, new innovations as well, and campaigns for clients. This coming together of, of programming and creativity is like um, using both sides of your brain, which you know, some of us find hard to do. Some of us find easy to do. Um, I'm one of these lucky ones that find it quite easy to do, to use my data side and then my creative um, to let everything go out of the box uh, side as well to create better solutions. So, yeah, I find keeping up to date, which was your original question. Like I said, I think that uh, I don't read lots of books, but I do uh, honestly spend a couple of hours in the evening while my wife is reading a book in bed, I've got my iPad open and I'm surfing the net looking at what's the, the latest and greatest thing out there to play with. I was going to ask you that question is where do you find the resources to keep up to date? So you, you kind of scour the internet or are there other places that, that you look at? I mean, obviously, I see a lot of your LinkedIn postings and some of them I guess kind of go, wow, that's fantastic. You did one the other day uh, around uh, some deep fake uh, technology. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Robert De Niro thing. Yeah. Fantastic. Amazing. Um, what incredible technologies do you think in creative production have made the biggest amount of difference in the last couple of years? We've gone through two strange years right? <laughs> since I last spoke to you. Yeah. And, you know, things have changed in that period of time. What technology do you think has driven the creative in the last two years? From a technology point of view, for me, it's, it's a love or I hate it. it um, technology-wise, I think is the uh, um, deep fake. It's um, metahumans, um, and I wrote an article a few a few months ago about Unreal Engine and the the way that it's it's amazing how you can actually quickly create a metahuman and how realistic mm. it actually is. If you look at what they're using in in films today, um, like the uh, Gemini Man, Will Smith, right? I don't know if you've seen that film, but yep. his younger self is is pretty damn good, um, considering it is actually completely a metahuman that they brought to life and used uh, as his as younger self. So for me, just in the creative industry, that's the big one, especially in production as well, because, uh, you know... Unreal Engine you're talking about, yeah? Yes, exactly. Yeah, Unreal Engine. Yeah, Unreal Engine. Where there was another thing that was uh, uh, they did a Morgan Freeman. Saw that, yeah. And they put the real Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that that's and and put it side by side. You would not have been able to tell the difference. I was blown away when I saw you post that the other day. I went, oh my goodness, that was incredible, really. That Morgan Freeman clip that you that you shared on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, we've been working with the Unreal Engine as well. Uh, our team have been doing some production out in Poland. In fact, we've been doing about 13 to 14 uh, scripts across. There's a combination of locations and interiors and stuff, but you can go from literally one location to an interior to another one. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, the drop of a hat and press a button, you know, the lighting is so controllable. And all of the post-production is done kind of in camera. So it's an amazing bit of technology where you can literally switch from one to the next to the next just uh, 
uh, at the touch of a button. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's another thing that um, I came across as I said my midnight surfing, um, where metahumans are actually really big influencers on social media as well. That uh, that amazed me at that. There's a, a website that actually has like 35 verified virtual humans, metahumans, however you mm. want to to uh, name it. And they're out there and they're selling insurance, they're selling clothes, they're selling fragrances, and they're completely uh, virtual. And they've even got one that's actually a sausage. I know it's not a metahuman, it's a sausage, but <laughs> you know that's how bizarre it is getting today. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think that it's, it fascinates me how the kind of metahumans or the uh, digital selves, et cetera, are, are enabling us in technology and creativity these days. You talk about metahumans, um, but the word metaverse, for the uninitiated, what does that exactly mean in a couple of sentences? <laughs> it's, um, well, again, it's one of those things that um, a lot of people are disbelieving in and thinking it's a fad and others are thinking it's the future. Um, so the metaverse is, is huge, right? It's, it's, uh, it's another place where people come and gather it's um, where the, the, the next generation are doing most of their socialising, uh, talking, gathering, playing together. Yeah, my kids as well, by the way. <laughs> they're already on. My kids already. They're there. They're in yeah, Roblox and, yeah. and Minecraft and all that kind of exactly, stuff. Exactly, so. exactly. So it comes down to Minecraft. It's Fortnite. It's Decentraland. Um, and uh, already, you know, brands are playing playing in, the, in this area as well. They're... Um, yeah, there, there's a few cases uh, that I, I know of uh, where they've set up like shops, environments, so you can actually purchase stuff there. Um, and you know, with with the uh, metaverse as well, there comes the NFTs, right? So <laughs> the non fungible tokens. Where that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so with that, it's it's another currency that's another world. In some ways, you know, it, being a tech and a geek, um, I obviously it fascinates me. But it also concerns me a little bit, to be honest, about living this kind of virtual world versus the real world. One of your first questions was, where do I find creative inspiration? I find it online, the geeky stuff, but you find a lot of your creative inspiration by walking around and getting out in the real world, looking at culture, looking yeah. at insights, looking at nature. And I think that a lot of that is going to be missed if we carry on going the way that we're going with, with the metaverse. Do you think it's a healthy thing for, for kids particularly? You know, I mentioned my own children getting involved in this and they're only kind of nine years old. And sometimes we worry about it because they get so immersed in this stuff that they don't want to get off the computer. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I was a gamer um, and from when the Spectrum came out. I was there, the ones who waited 30 minutes for the tape to load up just to play this little blocky pixelated game. And there's a lot of data to say that gaming can actually help children compute, can actually help them in their learning. But there's a, there's a balance, right? And I think that that's the, that's the trigger and the, is the, where is the balance before it becomes unhealthy? And then you get your children where you're having to drag them off of Fortnite um, to actually just go out and play football with you or go for a walk. Um, so I, I'm, I'm mixed. To be honest, I think that it's um, it's good because it cognitively it can help with the learning, especially gaming environments like Minecraft. You mentioned great for cognitive learning, and Roblox got lots of the e-learning uh, triggers in there in the gaming as well. 
where it becomes unhealthy is where it's um they're so immersed that real life is forgotten about and uh, you try and turn uh, turn it off or tell them that dinner's ready and then they're they're shouting at you <laughs> and then mm. they get uh, you know the mood states change so uh, i think that um i think it's good in small doses yeah yeah now look um there are many creative departments are now filled with very young teams and a lot of the seasoned creatives kind of gone off and doing other things. Do you feel something is missing now? And how different is it now when taking a client's brief? Um, you know, it, it, is, it is like, you know, there's many problems in our industry, right? There, there's <laughs> there's uh, not just ageism, there's many others as well. But we, we are in an industry where I believe that it is part of it. Um, I'm not going to deny that. I think it's uh, it's up to the creative leaders to build their departments in a way that it is a nice mix. So you have got unseasoned creatives because they've got obviously a lot of value, a lot of experience that they bring to the table. But then you've also got the younger generation that are coming up. They're hungry. Not to say that the older generation are not hungry. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm sure you are as well, Pat. So it's not so that we're not, but they're coming with different cultural insights. They're living in a different era than we were brought up with. Um, so I, I personally like to bring a mixture together in the creative department. And when taking a brief, to be perfectly honest, we normally get the uh, the try to do it, which is the account, the planner and the creative go together because they're all going to have different inputs, different questions uh, to then challenge the brief to make sure that you get the best solution. Yeah, I was interested to see that Mark Denton, the celebrated commercials director and uh, ex-creative director, he's gone in as an intern mm -hmm. uh, back in St. Luke's. And I thought that was a fascinating story. He wants to kind of upskill himself. Yeah. Not a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think that we all can learn. Um, and uh, it doesn't matter if you've been in the business 25 years or one year. You, you've still got stuff to learn, whatever stage of your career you are, because there's new technologies, new innovations, new ways that um, people are interacting with the likes of Snapchat, etc. that a seasoned creative might not know about. But teaming them up with a younger creative Will, will help that and get a better solution that actually, mm. you know, addresses the cultural and the target audience. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So, look, let's look forward, projecting forward over the next few years. What uh, do you think groundbreaking tech will look like in the, in the next few years? Well, look, I, I think we touched on some of it already, which is the, the metaverse. I think that um, places like Decentraland, Fortnite have opened up their doors for brands. So if I just think about it from my area now which is advertising um that i, I think that there is a, a, a great opportunity there there will be a fee um obviously to open the doors of Fortnite and decentral land but they're already partnering with um big brands they're having concerts there there's already uh, commerce solutions being integrated into the metaverse um so you don't you know you don't necessarily just have to buy with nfts i'm sure they're going to be opening it up to uh, other currencies as well and uh you know i think that the way I look at it is the opportunity is be where the, the audience are. And there's, they've got Nike stores, etc. in the metaverse. Why can't I not only have an NFT version of my Nike shoe, why can't I then get that in a few hours delivered straight to my home as a personalization service as well? So I think that there's um, great opportunities for commerce there. I think that soon you'll see KPIs in client briefs. So it's not just uh, awareness campaigns that we'll be delivering against. It'll be commerce solutions and entertainment 
e-commerce solutions, as I like to call it, where we're connecting maybe the traditional creative, which is the entertainment side and the films and the content, with then commerce as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's also a, an opportunity connecting those two. Which clients are doing it well now at the moment? Well, there's there's a few. I think Wendy's are doing really well. I'm not just saying that because I'm VML Y and R. <laughs> I, I, I think that they are doing amazing. Um, they've just launched uh, the Wendyverse on, on uh, Meta's Horizon Worlds, where people can interact, play games together. But the one I really love was where they hacked Fortnite for the uh, Wendy's Burgers pizzas. So they went and smashed all of the uh, the fridges in in Fortnite, and then all of the other players caught on to this they started doing it so they became a massive movement and it was just simply by hacking what was already there so it was again looking at culture and then looking at how you can hack into it as well so i thought that that was great there's microsoft the adaptive controller um which was a game changer not not a pun there but a game changer in the uh, people with um, disabilities allowing them to then play on the uh, the platform and I've literally just been today judging Ad Forum Phoenix Awards. And uh, I saw this idea from Germany, which was to stop walkers, you know, the, the people who bottleneck when there's accidents on the uh, on the motorway or highway, they would say in the States. And they start filming with their phones. And just by the simple QR code, which when they get their phone out to start filming, it pops up the message while telling them obviously not to, and it's bad to, because obviously it's, it stops the emergency service is getting through quicker and causes accidents as well. So from things like product development, hacking cultural into the metaverse, and even down to um, using a simple QR code, which most people would say, well, that's not really very innovative. It is if you use it correctly. So it's, it's that's what creative technology is to me, is using innovation and technology in a way that people haven't necessarily done before. Do you think the traditional advertising idea, you know, that's the stuff that you and I kind of grew up yeah. learning. Uh, do you think that's still applicable in, in this world of digital? Oh, 100%. 100%. I think that that's where um, a lot of digital stuff goes wrong because it forgets about the idea. It totally mm-hmm. forgets about it and it just goes straight in with what's the tactic, what's the innovation. And then you're missing the key point, which is what's my brand message? What is the message or idea that I want people to go away with? Not just, oh, that's a cool whizzy bang thing that I just played with and then they forget about it in five minutes. You want them to go away and think, oh, well, that was a great product, a great experience that came to life via the technology and innovation and the storytelling. That's why I mentioned entertainment commerce because that's something that we coined in a pitch uh, last year. And for me, it's the future of how entertainment or the, the content that we talked about from a traditional point of view and commerce solutions come together. So look, Darren, we all love great ads. Mm-hmm. My favourite was the Hamlet photo booth. That's my favourite of all <laughs> time. Ad, yeah. uh, because of its simplicity and just brilliant execution. What What's your favourite ad and does it stand the test of time? It's a good question. It's because there's obviously there's, there's hundreds that you could probably point out. But the one, I'm going to say one that I absolutely love I'll tell you why before I tell you what it is to reveal. Um, it's because it has a great product message in there. It's humorous. I, I think humor is missing from a lot of creativity these days. And I think I agree. bringing yeah. that back is, is great. It's done in short formats and long formats. So it's great for all platforms. And the storytelling of the content can go on and on and on. And it's Old Spice 
the man your man could smell like. Yeah, fantastic. And interestingly, you know, uh, made by uh, Procter & Gamble, of course, who, yes. uh, who are the yeah. owners of Old Spice, who were traditionally not that kind of advertiser. They were very much a kind of man in a white coat, product benefit, whatever. Yeah. Uh, emotional advertising wasn't really in their kind of DNA, uh, but no. they changed dramatically, didn't they? Yeah, it, it did. And I think that that just shows that, and this is something that I think clients need to kind of be braver like you know burger king mm. like old spice yeah um and be braver with their creativity trust their their partners in production and the agency to bring the stuff to life because you know we know our stuff we're passionate about it we're not just a production line and it's not a cookie cutting machine we're all passionate about what we do so i think you can do great work like the hamlet photo booth like old spice like burger king work um like wendy's as well um if you just trust the agency and the production partners to do the best job that they can. I completely agree with you, 100%, Darren. Uh, finally, what is your top three tips to creatives and producers wanting to come into the industry right now? We've heard me talk a lot about um, keeping up to date. So I think, yeah. number one, keep up to date with what's possible. There was a saying, and I remember uh, seeing it on, on, on people's walls in the office around the agency, and it was cheap fast and good you can only have two that's mm. not the world we live in today i'm afraid <laughs> no, i completely um, so agree I think, I think that when you're looking at um uh, techniques and innovation in how to do uh, creative and production better cheaper and still uh, speed and of an amazing quality that's what you should be looking at um is, is how to do that so keeping up to date with what's possible number one you could add a couple of other corners to that triangle, couldn't you? Sort of more and different would be yep. uh, another two you could add to that. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree that uh, those three, totally irrelevant, that uh, that uh, corner of like, you know, good, cheap and fast yeah, yeah. doesn't really exist. So, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, yeah. anymore. Um, and it used to be a little funny meme that everyone used to put on their walls. But, um, yeah, t in today's day and age, that's exactly how the world works. So that's how we as an agency and production companies need to work as well. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd add one to, uh, to the uh, top three tips uh, for creators and producers. One, the, the one that I would add to that is we're in the business of relationships. Yeah. So make sure that you are building the best relationships you can um, because that's how you get great stuff out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Relationship is, is key. It's the trust thing I was mentioning a, a second ago. If you haven't got that, then then um, then it's all over, basically. The, totally the other two, I'd say be a sponge. Don't think you know it all. We talked a bit about the seasoned creatives and the, uh, the, the young breed coming in today. Don't think you know it all um, and be open to collaboration, no matter how long you've been in the business no matter what your job role as well, because I, I think it's great. You get some of the best work out of the collaboration and bringing count strategy and creative and production all together in the same room and brainstorming out. That's, again, the best solutions there. And then lastly, I would say it's a little phrase that um, me and my partners uh, came together for our little team now is um, stay humble, hustle hard. It's, you know, we do have to put a lot of hours in this industry. We both said it's not like work. It's like fun, what we do. Um, and it's super rewarding, but you do have to put a lot of work in. So I would say that stay humble. Don't think that you're amazing because there's always something out there that's more amazing. So just try and be the best you can 
and hustle hard and keep keep working effectively as long as you're doing it as well. Amazing place to finish. That was more than three tips, actually. That was quite right. <laughs> more than that, but it was great. Uh, Darren, thank you so much uh, for doing joining us on our um, MCA podcast this week. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk again very soon. Darren, thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me, Pat. I want to say a big thank you to Darren Richardson for taking time to talk to me today. I loved how Darren said that even with the biggest advances in technology, getting out into the real world is still your best bet for finding creative inspiration. To find out more about the MCA podcast, please head to theprodcast.com where you'll find details on all my guests, links to their favorite ads and full transcriptions of all the episodes as well. If you'd like to feature on the podcast or have any comments, questions or feedback, please email podcast at murphycod.com. I'm Pat Murphy, CEO of MCA. Do come and connect with us on LinkedIn or Instagram, of which all the links are in the notes for this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again to my guest today, Darren Richardson, my team at MCA as well, and all the guys at the production team at What Goes On Media. Catch you again next time. Thanks very much for listening. Listening.